God damn. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good fucking really Profound. <laughs> I would. Yeah, no, I'm sitting here like, oh, that's good. Yeah, no, several of your answers to these questions have been solidly good and are great for discussion, and I really good. hope <coughs> Excuse that me. people no, take it up fun. and go over and discuss all of yeah. that. What he's trying to do is learn, so all he's really doing is asking questions, and <laughs> it, 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 I think it's almost frustrating to him that he that you don't have answers. <laughs> me, I got caught in my throat. No, you're quite um, <laughs> Yes, please. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> please don't die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool YouTuber killed by amateur podcaster. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> killed by water. <laughs> we did that, yes. <laughs> And I'm Steven. And we are joined today by... The Runesmith, a.k.a. Logan, or vice versa. Well, we want to thank you so much, Logan, for coming in today and doing some questions with us. It has been an absolute pleasure. If you are listening to this, I hope that you have listened to the interview and got a full dose of Ashes, because Ashes was a phenomenal character. Oh my goodness, so, so insightful. <laughs> Onto yeah, a lot of the different things. A very, very profound Warforged that doesn't really have any answers, so he just keeps asking questions. Yeah. But and... I think the asking questions made us all ask <laughs> questions of ourselves, and that's mm-hmm. that's a hell of a thing to do. <laughs> Fun characters to play. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so how did you get started in Dungeons and Dragons? Um or tabletop that... RPGs in general. It was back in like High school days, I guess something like four years ago, I couldn't really pinpoint it, but it was um, one of our friends from, I think, a church group uh, had parents who played the older editions. So they, I think it was back with uh, 3.5 and we played a game with just the three of us where he DM'd kind of like a bit of an ad-libbed game where we just ran around trying to hunt vampires in a forest and testing uh, what you can do in Dungeons and Dragons. Like if you light, if you set a tree on fire, does the whole forest light up? Just a bunch of silly first, like first time stuff. It was really fun. I feel like everybody has at least one session or campaign that's like that, where Mm -hmm. the characters don't actually matter. There's no plot. It's just people going around hitting things. I wrote on the back of a chimera. I understand. Yeah, (laughs) It's it's super fun to just kind of test the boundaries of Dungeons and Dragons and the boundaries of people that you're playing with. Exactly. to, To figure out what what the game actually means uh so (laughs) ashes is from the eberron game i'm assuming that you played that you you spoke of during your basically this is eberron video is that correct uh i actually rewrote and this is more or less a newer character the other one Mm -hmm. um shares a similar background but was a lot more 
I think, stupid. He, he, just, <laughs> he was kind of like uh, the Iron Giant in that game. Okay. I think his name was 12. It's a good name. Yeah, that's it's a good name. It's a good Warforged name. I, I, we've run into our fair share of, of, <laughs> of stupid Warforged, the low-end Warforged. <laughs> they're they're a, very fun to play. They are they're indeed. Stupid brutes who just, <laughs> someone snaps their fingers and you get to break somebody's legs is always a very easy, fun character to play. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they do make for exciting characters. Mm-hmm. So do you want to tell us a little bit about 12 and the adventure he went on? Uh, yeah, it, I think it was actually one of the pre-written adventures or maybe something from DMs Guild that our dungeon master played with. But um, it was the, I think the hyper rails, what are those called? Lightning, lightning rail. rails. Yeah. yeah, the lightning rails. Um, we were dealing with those and there was a unique airship where it could like jump through time or it could do like massive teleportation. Oh my and goodness. it. It was some kind of like really dangerous technology that was developed by a gnome. So we had to like either steal it or destroy it or get rid of it in a very unique way and not get tracked or caught by the house that wanted that wanted it. I think it was the House of Shadows or another one of the power mongers. But uh, 12, his little origin was that he was made very near the end of the war and was immediately repurposed to uh, defend a noble's daughter and just bad luck, bad timing. And the fact that 12 had no experience or no awareness of a plot to take care of her. It was like the first week that he lost his job and was just kind of cast into an alleyway. Um, so he really didn't know where to go or what he was. And then he got a little, um, I think he just saw a help wanted ad for people with combat skills. So he just waited outside the door for like four days until the rest of the party showed up. And then he just was kind of a, he was a fighter or a paladin. Uh, one or the other. It's bad not to remember, but he had a lot of unique abilities that he could just like take on any specific figure and just tear them down with a bunch of like motion tracking sensors and a huge war hammer. It was oh a lot goodness. of fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. I, I think that for a lot of us, it, it Warforged, uh, not Warforged, uh, my goodness, uh, for, for a lot of us, the paladin or the fighter, barbarian, sometimes they can all blend together. I've got a few characters yeah. where I have trouble remembering specifically what class they were as well. Now, mm-hmm. I did notice uh, the name 12. Uh, now, if you are familiar with Eberron Lord, that, that is a huge number to come up a bunch. It's always the 12 plus 1 rule for Keith mm-hmm. Baker's 13 with the 13 Dragonmark Houses. Yeah, because the Baker's Dozen. The 13 Moon. What was that? Did that factor into why you named him 12, or was it just. No, I, I hadn't done as much research <laughs> at that point. So I think I just got really lucky. Yeah. Like, ironically. Super lucky. I like the perfect. I think it was a wonderful name for a Warforged. And That's you know, it might be an auspicious start. Maybe maybe there's more to come for twelve. <laughs> yeah. It'd be fun if we ever scheduled that again. <laughs> uh so tell us about your YouTube career. Cause you've got like seven hundred thousand subscribers. Seventy thousand? Seventy, seven hundred? No. It's uh two hundred and seventy. You got the 70 right. You I got the 70 yeah. right. I'm proud on that. <laughs> I wish I was at 700. Why did I think 700? Maybe I was looking at somebody else. I think Joe Cat's around there. I know Joe Cat's around there, but. 
Still. Well, we actually met him last year. It was a good yeah. time. Well, we met you last year, too. Oh, I did not get to meet him. I did, I did not yeah. get to meet it was after, last year. It was, I was so upset. It was after the Joe Cat, uh, um, the animating D&D. Oh, yeah. And then there was, like, that big line. And our roommate is actually, like, a huge fan of yours. Hmm. And he saw you off to the side, and he's like, oh, is that Aaron Smith is that standing there with Jacob oh my gosh is that them (laughs) and then he pulls me aside and he's like give me the stuffed bear right now Rebecca oh yeah I remember that we have the stuffed bear (laughs) I don't know if you remember the stuffed bear I do I think I put him on my shoulder yes I still have I still have the pictures and I was planning on like (laughs) low-key posting them and being like hey what's up uh he's never actually made it to Twitter oh (laughs) yeah I was wondering we have so many from PAX last year. I think it's because mm. last year after PAX, we came home and there was just so much stuff going on. And then we forgot all about it until. Yeah. And, then, and, now, then, and then the pandemic hit. Yeah. And so yeah. it's just been one of those things that we, we ended up unfortunately putting off to the side. Uh, yeah, that was actually my first convention just what? in general. So it's it's interesting to have your first convention be the one that you're kind of recognized that as a unique experience. I can uh, yeah, I can that, imagine that, I like that's oh, scary. My goodness. Yeah, no. I've yeah. been to that was my third PAX because um, hmm. I'd gone to all three of the PAX unplugged at that point oh, uh, cool. because I'm a huge nerd and we only live like <laughs> six hours away. Um, I mean, for you, that's a plane flight. So. Yeah. <laughs> did Did you enjoy your PAX? Did you have a yeah. good time? I had a lot of fun. I was looking forward to it this year, but. Things don't turn out the way that you expect. Yeah, and, and that, I think true. this year taught that lesson to everybody. Uh, well, you know what? There, there will be next year, and we'll, hopefully, we'll we'll be able to meet you then, and I'll get. <laughs> uh, I'll have to get your autograph in my monsters manual. Yeah, cool. Uh, so, uh, with your YouTube, uh, I have learned quite a bit that I have started working into different campaigns. I'm currently running an Eberron game that is uh, a bunch of white hat, what was it, white hat criminals that they break into different areas to show the weakness of different buildings. Like, oh, this is structurally unsound here and you need to reinforce here and you need wards here. So they go through and steal things that way in order to get attention from the houses and get paid. That's really cool. Well, I've really enjoyed taking the notes that you had on running a heist and then using that in that game. Uh, And I I truly appreciate that, uh, the insight you had on having your players' abilities factor in regardless of what was going on in the dungeon. I I think it's just absolutely a beautiful insight on that and and really made me reevaluate how I was writing them. Well, thank you. I'm glad that that video was effective in what I wanted it to be. It, it really, really was. Uh, I, I absolutely love all your videos. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I think that there is a lot there uh, for people who are just starting out, or, or I mean, I've I've run D anD D for a very long time, but mm. I run it by the book, and so seeing these different takes on things is really nice and refreshing for me, and gives me ways that I would not normally think of running it, and it's it's truly wonderful. Yeah, I think it really is interesting to. Um just make videos kind of from a perspective of someone who's only been at a few different tables with a few different groups and kind of broadcasting that perspective or the insight that I get from playing a very kind of streamlined type of game and seeing other people who have just always played the game completely differently than we have. 
So any, we, any... we haven't actually touched on the question that was originally asked because we've, we've gone on like two tangents already. <laughs> two tangents. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm bad about tangents. That's why, that's why we write it down so that you can keep track of me. <laughs> so back to the original well, question. Be? Yeah, if you could reword the question. Um, how did you, how did you, what started you on doing YouTube videos? Why did you decide to start uh, putting stuff out on YouTube? Uh, what was the inspiration, et cetera? It's, I'd say, a pretty unique story. Um, as as a decent amount of people know, at least the people who were kind of keeping track of us early on, I wasn't very interested in YouTube. It kind of wasn't the thing that I thought was ever going to be an option because obviously it takes a lot of luck and a lot of skill, um, namely luck, and that's something that can easily become unfamiliar to people. But I started out... Uh, working with XP level three. I was just kind of a side guy on his channel. And uh, I had a few less comedic ideas. I wanted to present them, the ideas that I present now in a less comedic way. And then kind of his sudden surge of success made me realize that it's, you can present any of your own ideas and then add some jokes to them. And that's what, that's what draws people in is um, I think a key word that a couple of people like to use that I really like is edutainment. It's just <laughs> educational, but people enjoy it. Um, so after a while, it was like right at the 100,000 subscriber mark that I wanted to try and sustain myself on just writing and creating things for other people and helping other people out. So I decided to kind of jump ship from Jacob's channel and try out my luck. And apparently I rolled really high. Well, I would say definitely so. It has been amazing to see the success that you have there. There are so many different YouTubers who do things based on D&D, and it is amazing to me that there is this upswelling from all of the community to try and help support as many of them as possible, and it is it is a lovely group of people, and I'm it so really glad that is. we get to be a part of that. It's definitely a blessing to be in the D&D community these days. They're it's a lot of storytellers and the more stories that you tell or that you experience the kind of the wiser you get so i think you can walk away from a bunch of D D sessions with a lot of life lessons so the people are very respectful very understanding very diverse it's mm-hmm. just a fantastic group i agree um i was gonna say a lot of a lot of actual life lessons i've learned i've learned from D <laughs> from D <D&D>. uh, <laughs> conflict resolution with groups uh, uh, yeah with basic leadership skills there's been a lot it's all just simulations absolutely (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so now less serious questions and more fun ones Hmm. um because nobody likes a boring interview if you could have any uh spell from any edition of D &D, uh in real life what spell would it be pocket dimension why I feel like, dimension. yeah, because I believe that they are uh, outside or no, there's another one that a specific dragon can cast in like second edition where they can like solidify and expand their pocket dimension. Um, but I, th- I think it'd be cool just to open a little place just for you that's outside of time and kind of experience some some time to yourself that no. I think it's very difficult to achieve. With, with different pocket dimensions, you get to choose how that world works. How would your world be different in a pocket dimension than from the real world? Well, I couldn't say without the spell because I, 
the first thing that I try to do is test all the boundaries that the spell has, see kind of what what rules that conduct it. And maybe if the rules are entirely defined by what I think I'm capable of, it'd be very fun to just go haywire creating <laughs> little tiny worlds. I, I, I agree with that. I think that'd be very fun. <laughs> Deciding on the gravity and the time and all. Oh, oh yeah. Just, just messing with all of it. It'd be a ton of fun. Dude, you just sleep in zero grab every single night. Exactly. Well, I mean, Instead of paying to, like $10,000 for those, um, what are those things called? The sensory deprivation tanks. Oh man! Oh, Just make that'd one. Be, that'd be yes. so nice. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, I think with with the ability to adjust time, you could probably sleep without ever actually needing to sleep. You could just you know pop in there, take a huge nap, pop mm-hmm. back in, no time loss. Yeah, only like but it's been ten seconds. Then technically, your life would be shortened. It would be cut in half. Oh, that's true. That is, yeah. and then. Hmm. Hmm. Now we're getting into the complications they never bring up. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you can make it so that in the dimension you never age. Oh, that. But then when you come out, see again, it's gonna be it's gonna be a nightmare. This is the magic. I'd start with testing. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, speaking of uh, along a similar line, there with the introduction of magic into our world. We introduced radio to Eberron. What is something from our world that you like to introduce into games or would introduce into a fantasy setting? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Because um, obviously the first thing that would come to mind is something like cell phones, but that would really destroy a lot of narrative capability that you have in a story. What is it a- called? Uh, Lost in a Fantasy World with My Cell Phone, the Isekai? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh uh re-zero i think no there's there is an actual it's like, just called there's an exactly isekai guy called caught, caught in a fantasy world with my cell phone they do that a lot yeah yeah <laughs> sorry i'm a nerd That's, i don't really know that is a very difficult question to answer because there's so many different types of innovations here and there's so many things that back them like all the way back to the discovery that we could manipulate electricity everything's come from that but like if you don't have that foundation and you just start introducing like cell phones and how do people charge them well i, I think um, that uh, <laughs> if i was yeah. designing a cell phone it would be a charge per day yeah <laughs> okay I see it's, it's one of those uh i think <laughs> that we ran into a lot of those problems when it came to the radio and that's why we're left with that 30 minute block that we can do nothing more we locked yeah. ourselves into a lot of ridiculous things <laughs> right at the beginning just to make it so that way we could uh, <laughs> answer all those questions i think uh breath of the wild did a pretty good job with just kind of like a universal database in your pocket and something that you can use to immediately capture images or videos would be a really cool thing to play around with. It'd be great for like uh, espionage games and stuff. I I think that would, that would be a really, really fun thing to do, especially with, again, the espionage type getting the inappropriate photos and haha, look at that. We can blackmail you now and get into what we need to do. Uh, I think, I think, man, that would be a lot of fun. I think they have something similar in 3.5 Eberron, I want to say. I don't know about 5th edition. I'm terrible when it comes to 5th edition. Hmm. I don't I don't think they have anything that can capture images. 
in with with uh the new exploring Eberron they do oh in the new exploring mm-hmm. Eberron, i have not read yeah. it through the uh the item section the, yeah it's in the item section i was gonna say i haven't made it that far down on the list yet oh it's my job boxes. to know these things uh <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm trying to look through to see if we had any other fun questions because we're horrible that's all right it's um, very hard to prepare for a podcast it's not. It's just super easy. We, we fly by well, the I mean, seat of our pants like eight yeah, times. It, it, it depends on the complexity that you want to introduce <laughs> to the platform. So like you can do anything with a podcast and you guys have a very unique idea where you kind of role play characters hosting a podcast in a completely different world. So I think that probably took some forethought. Yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of forethought. We are as niche as you can possibly get. <laughs> yeah, when, when we when we started, we were like, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna get like ten views, and it's gonna be great. And then with our first episode, uh, when it hit, I think the first day we were over a hundred and some odd. Oh, that's and really cool. We were both freaking out. We're like, oh, God, why are people listening to us? Please stop. (laughs) Yeah, that's something that everyone who gets an audience starts to feel kind of cornered. Yeah, uh, imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. That is always rough. Uh, If you could get rid of any 5th edition um, player class, which one would it be? It no longer exists. I would say Barbarian. I feel like mechanically they're not very fun to dungeon master in fights. And I think fighters can pretty much fill up the exact role and purpose that Barbarians have. Because Barbarians are just angry fighters. That's their whole gimmick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Disagreeing with a lot of people there. (laughs) Shots fired. There's a Barbarian community (laughs) coming for you now. I know. And they're actually going to kill me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah they've they've triggered their rage so <laughs> so uh now that you've created uh, another everon character with ashes uh or redid an everon character with ashes uh, i know that you're not very big into everon is that a setting that you're going to take more time to consider uh, or look into further um It's interesting because I actually got a couple parts of it uh, doing my research mixed up with Ravnica because they're they're surprisingly similar. I noticed you you in in one of your emails you were talking about Cynic and I was like, isn't that Ravnica? No, I I went backwards on that. (laughs) I didn't want to mention anything because I was like, I mean, he literally reads every single book and has has to like compartmentalize all of these things, so it's not something worth being like, uh, that's actually Ravnica. It's it's very easy to get lost. Um. I don't really revisit a lot of releases as much as I think I would enjoy because obviously with the pacing of my channel and with uh, expanding writing books, we're already kind of on the on the floor ground of writing the next book with mm-hmm. Eldermancy after Stibbles. Um, I don't really have time to kind of do too many, I guess, sessions or groups. So... That makes sense. Whenever yeah. you start creating, you don't actually get to enjoy the stuff anymore. Yeah, I don't play D&D that's, anymore. That's very true. <laughs> it's it's an interesting kind of a double-edged sword where you get so passionate about something that has been created that you start creating and then you can't really revisit 
the original thought, I guess. So, uh, would you mind telling everybody where they can find um, all of your stuff and your uh, new supplement and all of that good stuff? Yeah. Um, so, my channel, the source of a lot of narrative information, if people would be interested in that, is uh, RuneSmith, just on YouTube. I'm sure if you Google it, it'll be somewhere. Um, and then the book and all the future books and kind of products that we'll be releasing and expanding on hopefully in the coming future would be at eldermancy.com. Go pick it up now. Uh, honestly, if, if you're listening to this interview, uh, odds are you know who he is. <laughs> 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 they, they have already figured that part out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But no, I highly recommend everybody to go check out uh, your YouTube channel and um, to pick up your supplement. And cool. we're going to order one ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Just to throw a little info out there. The current supplement is called Stibble's Codex of Companions. It's mm -hmm. just a book with 112 unique monsters that are all pretty low challenge rating, but it has a bunch of mechanics where you can kind of tame and train creatures that um, you find out in the wild. So it's a little explorer's guide i guess and well not only that but it has just absolutely beautiful artwork mm -hmm. oh my goodness oh yeah i i get blown away by every piece that i get to see <laughs> was there uh anything else that we had all right we, we should probably always have like a little like note on the page tap that <laughs> when we have nothing left that way we know <laughs> to not ask that question because it sounds less professional <laughs> Uh, I want to thank you so, so much for coming on and speaking with us today, Logan. It has been an absolute pleasure having you, and we absolutely yeah. enjoyed the interview on the Echoers as well. Uh, this has been uh, just a delight, and we yeah. want to thank well, you thank so much. thank you very much. much for, thank you for having me and for reaching out. Of course. And thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>